Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And welcome to The Parent Show. We're sponsored by Neves Solicitors and you know we're on 92.6 FM. Um, you've got Shirley presenting tonight all by myself. The others are, well, tied up doing stuff. So it's Shirley Heyman presenting. And what's the show? Well, the show tonight is teenagers parenting them. Help! It's, um, you know, we know we've got lots of parents out there of all different age children, but we know we've got some uh, parents for teenagers. So this show is particularly for you. But I think as we go on, you might find it's for parents of children who are a bit younger than that, too. So if you want to phone in, you know the number 01727 839 926. Or you can Facebook us, um, Julie's in the studio, ready to take your messages. Now, let's just think about this a minute. Um, yeah, parents of babies and toddlers, they're always saying, aren't they? We're hearing it. This is the hardest time of our lives. This part of, this par of the parenting journey is just exhausting. But then once us parents, some of us have got there already, have teenagers, I think we suddenly realise that actually this is the most emotional and exhausting season of our parenting journey. You know, we think, I guess, that once they get 13, 14 years of age, they're not going to need us. They're moving towards their late teens. But you know what? My goodness, they still need us. Actually, sometimes even more than when they were toddlers. Yeah, of course, you know, we're not going to be changing nappies, are we? No, we're not going to be reading them bedtime stories. Well, maybe we are. But, um, you know, it's so hard, isn't it? Those of you that are doing this job already predicting, you know, is your daughter going to speak to you today? Or that party that that, that that son wants to go to and it's two days before his exam start, that really isn't a good idea. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm really pleased to say that we've got two great guests in the studio with me tonight and they are experts in this subject. I've got Kerry Cobb and Patricia Seabright. They're both from the National Teen Trust and I'm really hoping that they're going to be able to share their knowledge and experience and give us advice all about parenting teenagers. So, welcome, Kerry. Hello there. Good evening. And welcome, Patricia. Hello. Welcome to the studio, and thank you so much. Kerry, just tell us a little bit about, you know, why are you able to sit here tonight and give us advice? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience, will you? Well, that's a really good question, because you said um, that we are experts, but nobody's an expert in parenting. Oh. That's, that's the, you know, that's the crux of the matter. There isn't a degree in parenting. You can't go and study it at college or university. Um, so, Patty and I realised this through all the work we did. I started off as a drama teacher, um, moving in towards drama drama therapy. Um, I worked with the Centre for Excellence, working with children with learning difficulties, um, and then realised that there was a lot more going on, you know, not just for the child, but for the parents as well. Um, I went on to become a qualified NLP practitioner, which is the study of um, the brain and how the, the brain works and how you can kind of um, make it more positive. Um, and then I did a hypnotherapy um, job as well. Um, and then I met Patty, um, 
in a coaching role for her company Eureka and we were working with some different parts of society I ran a course um, with a group of long-term unemployed um, specifically lone parents because um, I'm a lone parent myself so there was that real um, empathy and it made me realize that there's a lot of people out there that are doing their best but not realizing mm. and Patty and I had numerous conversations lots and lots of conversations about the fact that you know there was all this help for people when the, when the children are small but all of a sudden these these children are becoming independent beings and there's not much around to, to kind of help support that so that's kind of how i okay so you you sound like an expert to me Kerry. But, um, <laughs> thank you and 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 patty what about you um, yeah, so, so I have a corporate background uh, initially. I spent uh, a lot of my life in uh, working for, for corporate organisations, uh, but in selling. Um, and spent a lot of my, my time around uh, communication, actually, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and figuring out how best to, to communicate and uh, uh, developing expertise around interpersonal skills. Um, and probably about eight years ago, I started up a social enterprise, uh, which is Eureka. Um, and that was really aimed at bringing some of those, those communication and interpersonal skills, which I strongly believe are life skills. You know, mm -hmm. that those are the skills that, um, make a difference to, to your relationships, whether it's with your, your, your partner, with your, uh, children, with other people, your friends, um, your, employers everybody mm. absolutely crucial life skills and they often don't get taught as such very well and you know the, as Kerry said I, I wouldn't I would hesitate to position myself as an expert yes I know a lot about uh, communication I'm a trained coach I'm a trained NLP practitioner um, and I've spent uh, pretty much all my career around this area but you know never been trained as a parent mm -hmm. um, I think yeah I, I spent three years at university doing history and politics of which I've used hmm, absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have not had a single day's training to do the most important job in my entire yeah, life, yeah. which is to be the mother of my two children. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's wrong. And I say, as we worked with, with some of these folks, um, some of the long-term unemployed, some of the neat young people, it became so... Uh, so obvious that that actually so many of those issues originate in their earlier years, um, in their in their and particularly in their tweens and teens. Mm. That uh, you know, it, it, in a way, it seems like if you can address the problems at the source and you can do a really good job at those the, at the source, then you'll save so many problems and issues and heartaches and difficulties down the line. Mm. And that's that's why I think we're both so passionate about this. Mm. Super. So, Patty, can you just clarify, what ages are you talking about when you just mentioned, for example, the tweens and the teens? Because some people won't have heard that. But they would have heard tweenies, <laughs> but not tweens. That's a long no, no. way before. We're, we're not yeah. talking about yellow people, yeah. Yeah, cartoon <laughs> characters. Um, we are, uh, well, I suppose tweens has come about as, as you know, something between the ages of sort of 10 and, and b before people become a teenager at 13. Mm. Uh, and partly because kids these days do seem to be getting older older quicker okay. um so you know what we were seeing as early teen behavior we're now mm. seeing as tween behavior um so and 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 this tween area is is where some really critical transitions are being yeah. made that are tough on the kids tough on the parents um and you know in some ways set the tone if you like and set the uh, set what's the kind of the paradigm if you like mm. for what's going to happen so those tween transition years are really really critical and, and we think it's important to see those as a as a phenomenon in itself mm -hmm. uh, and then the teenage years from the you know the 14 to 18 mm. okay thank you that's helpful mm. 
Kerry, you know, there's so many mums that I meet in the work that I do with younger families who say, you know, this is the hardest time of my life. They're not yet parenting tweens and teens. You know, <laughs> what, what, what can I say to them? Well, th I mean, there's pros and cons to every stage, isn't there? Every, yeah. every stage of, of childhood has brings with it its benefits and its... Um, challenges. Yes, yeah. that's the right word, challenges, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, I think, yeah, you know, hats off to those people that have got babies now because when I look back at it, I think, how on earth did I get through that? Mm. The, like you said, the change in the nappies, the being up all night, the lack of sleep. Um, so as as the children grow up, there are different things. So whereas you they were a child before and you could cuddle them and mm. cosset them and yeah. support them, now they're becoming these independent beings. And I think it's, it's, the, it's the change for them, but it's also the change for us as well about how we then parent somebody that we don't have so much yeah. control of anymore yeah and patty you want to say yeah and i i would add to that that uh, i think you touched on it in your introduction that um you you think that actually oh gosh i don't need to do so much more for them now physically you know they can yeah. walk places they can get places on the bus i don't have to they don't physically need me as much as they did but actually, emotionally, they need you mm. way more, mm. way more. And mm. I think this is uh, is easier trap to fall into to start disengaging. Think, oh, they're they're independent now. They're okay. Uh, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, it, but it's actually harder work because it's kind of easy to go pick somebody up or to you know I don't know uh, do their school tie up for them yes. or something. Actually, the work that needs to be done now is different. Yes. Uh, but harder actually. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree because I'm in that now. Yeah. I just made a quick list of some of the pressures and the stresses that I think our tweens and teens, you know, you, I know you guys have seen it, but, you know, let's just for the listeners say exams, mm -hmm. body image, social media, having sex, not having sex, drugs, preparation for university, friendship dif difficulties, you know, Facebook problems. K um, Kerry, how do you see some of that playing out right now in the teenagers and the parents that you work with? Well, um, I think that what's happening is that the it's all becoming too out there there's too much access to information okay. um and i think that it's you kind of feel like you're losing control because they're growing up so quickly mm. and they've got they've got all this stuff going on um that i think it we kind of have to kind of flip it on its head and look about how we deal with that how we can support them through that journey um it's all out there there's no denying that the, the world is a completely different place now to when it was when i was a child <laughs> a long long time ago and um it's it really is how we cope with that and what we do at the national teen trust is is kind of flip it on its head and and talk about how we can support each other as parents through that rather than the actual pressures that the teenagers and tweenagers are under how we can support that so that's quite an interesting concept so we're not saying to them don't go and have sex don't use facebook no. we're actually saying look it's out there yeah we need to change the way that we're approaching our parenting yeah is that what you're saying it's, we're, we're looking at the parent-child relationship and how we can support them through that yeah and, and set the, you know that this is old age-old stuff setting moral guidelines mm -hmm. setting mm -hmm. boundaries you, you know instilling the discipline talking about all that but we use um psycho key psychology based theories to deal with that with that kind of um analysis of of the communication that's going on between the, okay. the child and the parent we'll talk a bit about that mm. you know later on um patty do you think that parents at the moment are understanding the pressure of today's teens and tweens do they really get what's going on for them um 
I think the answer is probably no, in that that uh, it's so different from the reality today. It's so different from what we experienced as children. You know, um, the world is an incredibly different place. It's you know, change is going on at an exponential rate, and it's hard to keep up. Yeah. So, so all the uh, social media, uh, the internet, the technology—it's uh, really, really tough to keep up. So, and, and the pressures that you, you, you listed them all—you know, those pressures. Some, some of those were there. Some of those weren't, or mm. some of those are uh, considerably amplified be- because of technology and the mm. internet and things like this. So, it, it's almost impossible with the best will in the world for parents today to really, truly understand the pressures on their kids because it is so different. Um, and I think all we can do is, is listen to our kids and, and hear what they have to say, not not assume that we know, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's easy for us to do that. Uh, but I think actually if, if, if our starting point was we can't possibly understand, we need to seek to understand from yes. them, that's a, that's a much better position. Yeah. I mean, I had a mother who actually said to me this morning, and these are her words, my 13-year-old is behaving like an 18-year-old. Mm. And she wasn't sure whether she should be proud about that <laughs> or worried. I mean, Kerry, do you think that girls are expected to grow up more quickly these days? I don't... Well, the ex- expectation is a difficult word, isn't it? Because mm. we expect... We do expect a lot from our children, but that's never changed. You know, that that's that's an age-old thing again. Um, but, but they... Because of this information age that we're living in they are they are getting all this stuff a lot earlier they are finding out about the world i mean when we were kids we had our immediate family the the people that we kind of socialized with the people that our parents socialized with and that was about it Mm. you didn't really know what went on in other people's homes and families and these days they have access to that on the television on social media you know they can see that people have different family systems and it's like whoa how do you deal with that when your child comes home and says we your mum's you know you don't parent me like my friend's mum does you know Mm. so yeah they are they are growing up very quickly and the interesting thing about that is that actually their brain psychology doesn't change um that hasn't changed for ten thousand years or so (laughs) right (laughs) actually uh, so the fact that society around us has changed and the pressures on kids to to wear makeup and to to look cool and to conform and to do all the things that they could possibly do of which there are a gazillion because there's so many access to opportunities and information uh that pressure uh is 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 tough to handle because our brains haven't evolved at the same rate as society has mm-hmm. uh so it really it puts a lot of internal pressure i think on yes. all of us actually yes. not just kids yeah, but, that's a really but particularly good point. kids because their brains are still in a state of massive flux i mean it's mm. one of the things we talk about mm. quite a lot the teen brain mm. is mm. is changing and stretching and morphing and actually you know our ability as adults is hard enough to cope with with <laughs> all the changes and the pressures of of today's society twice as hard for their brains because they're not stable mm-hmm. they're, they're moving and they're fluid and they're changing and stretching and growing really dramatically so even though our brains haven't changed the neuroscience uh, the knowledge of of how our brains work has changed massively in the last 30 or 40 years um, and that's what we're tapping into really is how how we understand how the brain works and what can we do to support that just before we move on to talking about that i wondered patty if you could say a little bit about boys and and girls you know teenage boys teenage girls we talked about it briefly before we came on air and you made some interesting points could you share those do you think with the listeners 
Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I have to say I'm a mother of, of two girls, so I perhaps can't talk as authoritatively as I could uh, uh, about boys, although having you know, uh, read and, and studied a lot of this. Uh, what they say is that, that teenage boys, that, that teenagers generally are separating. You know, that it's their job to separate from their parents in order to become independent adults, and that's, that's quite right and proper. That separation process is one of the things that creates the stresses and strains, uh, both ways, actually, for the parents finding it hard or difficult to, to handle and for the for the teenagers themselves but boys and girls do it differently um, so boys tend to withdraw you know their their way of separating is, is literally to completely separate and mm. just take themselves off take mm. themselves to their bedroom listen to music um, when you ask them how they are they grunt uh, and that's, that's, <laughs> it's that's the, the husband isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's kevin and perry um, <laughs> but that that's very true you know they, they withdraw um, whereas girls stay engaged um, and they they separate by disagreeing. <laughs> okay. So yeah. they uh, the way I, I heard it expressed in in one particular publication was great. It said girls stay and fight. <laughs> um, and I have to say, in my experience on that, I would say that's very true. Mm. Um, and whereas boys withdraw now. That makes it harder on the parents of, of girls because they, they're they getting involved in that, that fight, if you mm -hmm. like, that dialogue. And one of the things we talk about in the course is how to not get sucked mm -hmm. into the fight. Um, but boys um, actually is more dangerous if you're not careful. You know, as we know, you know the statistics on uh, suicide rates in young men and depression in young men uh, are really quite alarming. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the boys withdrawing it means you as a parent you don't know what's going on necessarily. Whereas the girls are causing you drama and heartache because mm. they're there and they're fighting mm. with you and they're talking and they're disagreeing, but they're engaged. Mm. Whereas mm. the boys disengage and that can be dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there are some real differences between how boys and girls typically tend to, to react to this. So that's interesting, not getting sucked into the fight. That's something mm -hmm. that your courses that we're going to go on to talk about can help. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents would be really grateful to hear mm -hmm. that. So, um, my super guests, uh, another question for you with, um, and it came from a listener, discipline, disciplining teenagers. How do we do it? What she's doing at the moment is withdrawing pocket money, but she's not sure it's effective. And uh, she's told that grounding is out of fashion these days by her teenagers. Patricia, any yeah. ideas? It, I mean, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think the um, this is a, one of those things in which society has changed dramatically, um, and mm. you know what what is acceptable or normal or reasonable has has changed. And again, it's very different, perhaps, from when when we were teenagers. Um, and uh, it, the, the challenge here is is finding a delicate balance because. To have no boundaries and go, oh, well, do whatever you like, then that's fine. You know, no, it's not, not appropriate to discipline or set boundaries or to, you know, try and enforce any rules. Um, that's not good. You know, what, what we know from what attachment theory teaches us is that without rules, young people feel um, vulnerable. Insecure. And yeah. insecure, yeah. You know, to, to, to know where the boundaries are is a source of, of psychological security mm -hmm. for, for young, for all of us, actually, but mm -hmm. for young people particularly. And one of the key um, psychological concepts that we introduce the, to this kind of question is um, a theory called transactional analysis. So it's it's learning to deal um, with each other in a in a much more adult to adult fashion. Even though it's an adult with a child, we we look at it as a as a relationship and a transaction that has to be a win win situation for both. So you're teaching the parent 
how to navigate their way through we're kind of you? yeah giving skills to to deal with them and and also that you know that the parents can then pass that on to their children okay. as well yeah. okay so, so that ba that balance between not setting any boundaries and mm. uh that creates problems set too many boundaries trying to enforce the strict discipline that you perhaps did when they were younger yeah doesn't work either <laughs> and this is you know this is one of the things that is so difficult for parents as well it's having because the parent of a uh, toddler or, or a primary school child is a different job from the job mm. of a parent of a tween mm. and a different job again from the parent of a teen mm. and parents have to make those shifts mm. yes. um, they have to reinvent themselves as parents and that's tough mm. and unless you're kind of actively and proactively thinking about that and thinking about the changes that you have to make in what you do and how you do it and how you behave and how you interact um, unless you, you you're doing that then you're going to do what you've always done and you've just spent the last 10 years treating them as a child and telling them what to do and you know enforcing boundaries and rules and, mm -hmm. and being really strict or firm about that or whatever you were uh, and now it's got to change and, and as Kerry says you know it has to shift it has to shift to their young adults it has to shift mm -hmm. to a more adult adult transaction um, so it's about showing them some respect being prepared to negotiate but still knowing where the boundaries are mm -hmm. and being prepared to enforce those boundaries. Um, and it's a really difficult balancing act. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm sure. But I guess half the battle, and what we learn from, from coaching training, for example, half the battle is there's a phrase that says awareness is curative. And if you're actually thinking about this and you're thinking about, okay, well, this is what I used to do and this is what used to work, doesn't now, what do I need to change? Mm. One, one of the sort of tips I give to parents of toddlers and young children that I work with is to pick their battles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that that's not appropriate for tweens and teens or does that still apply? I think that still applies. Right. I, 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 yeah, 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 very I, I, so. I yeah, I very much think that still okay. applies. I think there are some battles that aren't worth fighting. And I think what we do actually when we do these courses is that we role play. We do a lot of, we do, it's a very interactive session. Mm -hmm. So we'll get Patricia, for example, playing a stroppy little teenager. And, um, oh, which I'm and very good. I hasten <laughs> to ask. She's very good at She does very well. And uh, the parents can have a chance to do what they've always done see ha see the reaction and then we kind of unpick the process of that and then we say well how about you try it like this and see what the rea reaction is again and it really does show that the way that you communicate with someone brings about a completely different yes. effect or an yeah. outcome Kerry, let's talk about the National Teen Trust now. Yeah. You know, we've been, been sharing all your advice and experience and I would say expertise with us. Let's find out, you know, where is this on offer? How did it come about? You know, how much does it cost? Can you tell us about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. So it came about, um, as I said, work, I was working with Patricia on um, lots of different courses, coaching courses with long-term unemployed, with lone parents, with people that were on uh, Job Seekers Allowance, um, all different and and also with oakland's college locally as well um with neat young people um and we and as i said before we realized that there was all this stuff for people with children um of a younger age um you know you had the nct when you first had your baby and you had all the antenatal classes and you had this wonderful support of of mums that were going through exactly what you were going through and then all of a sudden your little child starts to turn into this new person this independent being and they're off to secondary school and it, for me personally my my daughter did that last year and i all in all of a sudden in one day 
lost my support network because a lot of her friends went to different schools and their parents went with them and you and, and i thought where where are those people so patty and i had long conversations about this um and and decided that we would do something about it you know tr try and create a community of support create a network of support that you had when your children were toddlers and and babies but that is really important now because it's a completely different ball game like patty said dealing with a tween or a teenager mm. and there's no one to talk to mm. about yeah. it and you think you're doing a terrible job and you're probably not yeah. <laughs> and and we felt that you know we'd spent a lot of time working with 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 families that were or children and uh, young people that were quite troubled uh, and we learned some really great skills and approaches for dealing with those we actually thought well hang on you know there's an awful lot of, of quote-unquote ordinary families um uh, that aren't troubled that aren't you know in, in particular issues but we still all struggle you know, mm. i have a little sign in my house that uh, that says remember tell everybody we're a normal family um <laughs> but but yeah there's a lot of normal families out there that actually could really benefit from some of this stuff because mm. to a greater extent greater or lesser extent we all feel like we struggle we mm. all feel like we're inadequate in some way um or we worry uh, uh, that we're not doing the right things or mm. we're being too strict or not strict enough and and where do we go with that mm. so, so, we're both so where are you then yeah, where so, are you based so we're based in st albans we're, right. we're both st albans people um we're launching some new courses in june here in uh, chiswell green in just outside St Albans at the Noak Hotel, um, the the initial course costs one hundred and fifty pounds, and for that, that's six hours of coaching, support, network, um, and then we're going to roll it out across the board so that you get this absolutely wonderful community support network of like-minded mums and dads um, that can then um, attend um, workshops and talks and. Um, do it's like the nct but but you know for well, tweens and teens exactly yes. and, and you know there'll be an informal networking there'll be formal uh, training and and talks and and but as much you know a lot of it is about the community and the support that people feel for each other mm. um because yeah i think kerry said it we're none of us experts really you know even the experts aren't experts mm. um and uh, actually the, some of the best value we get is actually from sharing with other people mm. hearing what other people have done and trying things i think that's that's what we're very keen to bring to people you know there's some brilliant stuff out there that will share knowledge with you and mm. give you some good ideas what we're hoping to do in some of the workshops we're going to run is actually give people some some tools some tangible tools and some opportunity to to actually work with those and mm. and, and play with them a little bit so that they actually can go back into their families and use some yeah. approaches and techniques that that actually help you know smooth and facilitate their relationships with their teens and tweens and, and and enhance their whole family life yeah you can i um be a bit cheeky then and try and give you get you to give one of those away now which is i loved the phrase you use not to get sucked into the fight okay so either of you both of you tell us one of your tips and tools because i'd love to know how to do that not to get sucked in um, i think it probably comes back to this concept of awareness being curative now, if you uh, if you see it as a, a power struggle 
You know, if you see it as a, I must hold the line, I must, I must insist on this, I must, you know, this is, this is critical. Um, if you see it as that, you're going to feel when your child doesn't do that, or your young person doesn't do that, you're going to feel um, disrespected, you're going to feel annoyed, yes. you're going to feel angered and upset. Um, one of my favourite phrases is that human beings are meaning-making machines. So stuff, and this is, I guess, the the concept around um, CBT, cognitive behavioural mm-hmm. therapy. Something happens, and we feel something about it. We give it an interpretation, we give it meaning, and that's what causes us to react to it. Mm. Actually, if we choose to give it a different meaning, if we actually see that some of the dysfunctional, or what we would call dysfunctional behaviours of our young people, are actually a cry for help. You know, they're actually telling us that they're feeling. Um, lost in the world you know they don't know who they are what their role is they're struggling to to really understand who or what they are they're feeling scared they're feeling any of these things and actually this is causing them to act out if we can actually think that and we can be aware of that that causes us to react very very differently yeah top tip from cbt cognitive behavioral therapy or theory however you want to look at it is that the behavior is just the tip of the iceberg and underneath there's all these thoughts and feelings going on and if you can kind of approach that in a more empathetic way then you're on a on a winner because then you're not seeing the behavior as a direct attack Mm. you're seeing it as just an expression of what's actually going on underneath Mm. and that's the kind of key concepts that we look at one of the the things we we absolutely believe in looking at is that you know we talk a lot about what's going on for the young people and we talk a lot about the pressures on them um, and how hard it is for them etc one of the things we really need to look at as well is what's going on for the parents Mm. Mm. Um, it's it's a perfect storm actually usually going on because as well as it uh, teenage years being transition time for the kids the young people it's transition time for the parents as well you know they like Kerry said you, you know, a lot of parents feel like they lose their support network when their kids leave primary school because they're used to that school gate interaction doesn't happen anymore suddenly you don't know what your child's doing you don't know who their friends parents are uh, you don't know a lot about them and and parents and particularly stay-at-home mums and dads start to feel oh, well, what's their role if their kids don't need them so much mm. and they start to feel a sense of of you know what is my role in life um it you know midlife crisis if you will <laughs> um it, it and, and often you know it's a difficult time of life quite often we're getting sandwiched in between you know demands of our kids demands of our elderly parents yes. um you know menopause divorce you know you name it it can be quite that kind of age can be quite difficult so actually acknowledging that what's going on for the parents is is quite tough as well as what's going on for the teenagers because this takes us back to the point it's about managing yourself Mm. if you realize what buttons are being pushed when things are going on with your teenagers Mm. it puts you in a place of of much greater resilience and capability to be able to handle it and not get sucked in Mm. Mm. sorry Mm. long answer to (laughs) short question that's very helpful i mean one of the other questions that came in for you was um how can parents curb their drive to be overprotective and that's that transition thing Mm. isn't it i guess like you've been talking about both of you trying to control your little people we look very much at a theory called attachment theory, um, which is the process of, of, from the day you're born, being attached to your primary caregiver, in this yes. case, in most cases, a parent, um, and the role that that then develops over the years. And as, as the child becomes a tween or a teen and starts to become more independent and more resourceful, it's, it's the parent like patty said it's looking at how you adjust to that um and we always say to to start by giving developmentally appropriate 
guidelines to change um but again like patty said if you recognize in yourself that your role has changed then it's easier to start to to let go of the apron strings so mm. to speak mm. we've got a question from a teenager now actually <laughs> how do i get my parents to stop telling me to tidy my room every day never never you never get them to stop <laughs> that's one that goes on forever <laughs> yeah. it's um uh, well maybe that comes back to your point earlier uh, about uh, you know it, um uh choose your battles you know mm. which battles are you going to fight okay so you're recognizing that our teens are under a lot of pressure mm. um there's a phrase i read recently actually came from a, a really good book uh, ruby wax is frazzled really good book she's she speaks uh, brilliantly uh, about uh, understanding how the brain works mm. and about this particular book's about mindfulness actually mm. um and she there's whole sections in that about mindful parenting and she talks about she uses a phrase that says um connection not correction right so it's so important to stay connected mm. to your teen even mm. though in some respects like they're, they're pushing you away because they feel like they need to separate and yet they desperately need you um so you know the 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 ability for a parent to stay connected with their child is really important so yeah you know they they is it a battle to fight is it more important to stay connected with them um and not to get too strung up about mm. about their bedroom yeah. maybe it is but uh, you know i think the key to all of this is is to have some adult adult transactional analysis adult adult discussion about this you know mm. what is it that upsets you about um an untidy bedroom you know what is it that makes them want to live in an untidy bedroom is there some kind of compromise yeah. that we can come to here yeah. rather than you must tidy your bedroom i'm not going to you know is there something in between yes. that can be more adult adult yeah. so in answer to the question from the teenager just tidy your room then it will stop <laughs> simple or to the parent <laughs> you know does it does it really matter in, in the scheme know. of things does it really matter yeah. is no, that a battle really, worth fighting I don't know. You know, I when you know. look back when they're 25, yes. is, is that what's going to be important? No, of course not. Um, do you think, um, either of you, both of you, that parents need to adopt different strategies with boys and girls to help them navigate these years? Now, I know we've talked about the way that boys and girls start to detach themselves, but what can the parents do? Yeah, can you give some specific examples, if possible? Yeah. Um, I think w with boys particularly we were talking about that i mean one of the um one of the difficulties that boys have and one of the reasons that they separate particularly from their parents and withdraw take themselves off completely almost um this is particularly true with their mothers um yeah slightly eatable uh, in that uh, teenage boys let's face it all teenage boys think about sex um and actually when their minds are obsessed with sex then it's a slightly hard relationship with their mother um so and there's some elements of shame there and we you know we we know a lot about uh, the effect shame is a very toxic emotion mm. it, it, right. it it doesn't help anybody feel good about themselves it doesn't uh, enable or empower them um it's actually quite a debilitating emotion mm. um um i think we were talking earlier about the rise of internet porn and the accessibility of that it's uh, something that there's a lot of pressure on boys to engage in um, and it's it's very debilitating and it also separates them particularly from their mothers mm. um, so I think one of the things that's really important for teenage boys is is um, their father's influence uh, it, if it's harder with the mother and it's kind of always going to be structurally um, at that 
that difficult age uh, really important for the dads to stay engaged okay. now whether that's taking them to football or whether that's taking them fishing or you know finding some stuff that they can do to stay engaged to stay connected that that becomes even more important i think mm. and what about the relationship between teenage daughter and dad is there any sort of thoughts around that is that um, I think that's less fraught from a from a Freudian perspective. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and again, I think you know, dad's influence on on their their daughters is is pretty important too. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, girls and their mothers are necessarily a fairly intense and mm. uh, uh, important relationship. Uh, and that that is also one that needs to stay not competitive <laughs> um, and uh, close despite despite the fact that there's the push pull of you know I want to be separate from you but I want to stay close you know uh, that that kind mm. of push pull dynamic is mm. always going to be going mm. on but important for mothers to be able to get past their own stuff yes and be the adult um, and stay engaged with their daughters and in your work with um, these teenagers do you see an age or an a point where actually some of this just dies down and they start saying i actually really quite like my parents you know is it when they get back from uni if they've gone or you know wh when does that happen it's a it's a tough one to generalize isn't it but if you are going to generalize it is it is that release from the home environment okay so i think once they kind of step away from that home environment whether it be at uni or whether it be going out and going to work and and not spending so much time in that family system then yeah i think that's the change but mm. it's 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 very hard to generalize because it's different for, mm. for everybody i i again because my my children are a little younger um i i do hear lots of parents of uh 17 year olds start to say actually that the, you know, my, my child has come back to me <laughs> yeah. um, in the and i think it's something to do with what we were talking about earlier that actually people go through the worst of the teenage years earlier perhaps than they used to and so by the time they're 17 and 18 and unless there's some particular cause of it i i think actually that that's when a lot of people i hear do start to, to get over it if there's some particular source of tension or problem or issue i think then often it does take the the separation mm -hmm. from the family home the family system um but i i, I, I just to give some hope to everybody yes. <laughs> i think it can actually be yeah. earlier than that it's interesting to know though that the brain doesn't stop developing until the age of 25 right so <laughs> we've got a little while to go yet yes, yeah <laughs> Kerry, can you talk to us a bit more about the neuroscience? You said the last 30 years have seen lots of change in research. Tell us a bit about that teen brain. I don't know that everybody understands that. Yeah, I certainly so don't we, know So much. on our course, we do talk a lot about the brain um, because, because, like you say, the, the changes have been incredible. The last 25, 30 years, we've worked out that the brain has this plasticity. It can be rewired. So all the connectors that are formed at birth, of which there are... Um, two million synapses at, uh, at birth it, it multiplies by the age of two or three years to about 50 million synapses so all these connections are taking place very very young um, and they carry on until until the age of 25 um, but the brilliant news that neuroscience has found now is that that can be changed it does it's not all set in stone you know things that are, are not hardwired which people used to think in the mm. past you know um, and there are positive ways of, of changing things that are going on in the brain and i suppose those the, the from a parenting point of view we know that the the fastest stage of brain development uh, are the toddler years yes uh, you know, the terrible twos and mm. the toddler tantrums that's partly because their brains are going crazy and expanding at a rate of knots um and similarly the the early teenage mm. years there's a massive brain explosion at age two 
mm-hmm. and then again at age 12, which explains that the, the teenage tantrums are very much like yes. the toddler tantrums. Yes, it's absolutely. very, very similar. Yeah. I wanted to just quickly touch on this SATS testing that's been in the news this week, you know, and parents choosing to take their children out of school or not take them in. I just wondered, in your opinions, you know, I, I'm wondering as an educator myself whether parents of younger children are actually now eventually starting to see the effect of the English schools testing and exam system on older children and they're starting to worry as their children, you know, even before they're tweens, mm. they get there. What, what do you think about that? Well, personally, I've, I lived in Italy for a year and in in italy the children don't start school till they're seven so i'm personally in my opinion i'm i'm dead against sats testing at age six and seven i think it's wrong i think it's it's crazy however i think as they get older i think there has to be there always will be a a a deep um we have we have to have tests we have to work out where our children are and what they're going to be doing and wh- mm. whether they need more support and stuff like that um but what we think is it's the way that we manage that it's the way that we manage the testing it's the way that we manage the pressure um you know if we're putting stress on our children to do these exams and of course they're going to get stressed of course they're going to feel the pressure but if we can manage that by changing the way that we approach that then we can have a positive outcome so it's similar to the message you were giving before, isn't it, about sort of thinking about it yourself. How are you responding to it? Yeah. We can't change it. It's happening. Um, Although... We can, we can change it, and, and I, I'm sure that the, the times are coming where people are kind of thinking, are we doing this right? Is mm. the education system supporting everyone? You know, I speak to a lot of, of mums and dads with children with learning difficulties that feel massively let down by the education system, um, but that would be another hour's worth of conversation, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, things can be changed, but it is our responsibility to take on um, how we communicate with our tweens and teens. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess I have a slightly different view on it. Coming from a, <laughs> a, a sort of corporate and a management background, yes. um, I take the view that in any system, you can't manage what you don't measure. Right? So in order okay. to know what's happening and to know what you need to change or, or do differently, um, you, have to, you have to measure it in some way. Um, I do think as well, when I look around at, at the, the world in which our children will be competing, um, you know, our children will not just be competing with other British kids for jobs, they'll be competing with people from around the globe, from mm-hmm. America, China, India, etc. So I think you know, we need to know that our education system is on a, at least on a par, if not better, with, yeah. with other systems. But I think I absolutely agree with what Kerry said about um, it, it's not so much what you do, it's how you do it. Mm. If the schools are going, oh, you've got to be tested, oh, we've got this big exam coming up, kids, it's going to freak them out. If they just sit them down quietly and say, here you go, we'd just like you to try this, different thing. Mm. So I think, it, you know, as, as in the immortal words of Banana Rama, it ain't what you do, it's the way you, you do it. <laughs> Um, would you like to sing that for us? Uh, yeah, what I wouldn't like to traumatise your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so I think if I'm getting it right, and please correct me if I'm not, the work that we're going to do with our tweens and teens actually starts way before that, doesn't it? Kerry? It starts with us. It, yeah. it really does. And it starts with, with working on ourselves so that we're prepared for the change when it comes. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's thinking very actively about what is, what, what is it to be a parent? What is, what is my role? What is it now? What does it need to change to yes. me? How does it need to evolve? 
And as you said, Patricia, I mean, it's not a degree we can go and do, is it? Maybe. And it ought to be, actually. It should be. Again, <laughs> I have a, have a yeah. strong view that, we, you know, we ought to do, there ought to be some form of, you think of all the things that you talked about, the SATs, you know, yeah. <laughs> all the things we do get tested in and yeah. examined in. Uh, yeah. Why on earth, gosh, if society's ills would be much less if we were all properly trained to be yeah. parents. Mm. Time, sadly, is coming to an end on this edition of The Parent Show. I really want to say thank you to our guests from the National Teen Trust. We've been talking to Kerry Cobb and to, um, I'm not sure whether to say Patricia or Patty, but I'm going to say Patricia. Thank you for listening and please tune in next week at 8 o'clock.